Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. Good morning. I'm going to tell you right now, it is Miracle Sunday because the worship team and the ministry time are ahead of schedule today. They did not take any of my preaching time. <laughs> Jesus is alive. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, we're super glad you came to church today. Can we give our worship team a hand clap? Don't they do an amazing job? For those of you who are new to our church, uh, I feel like I should just go ahead and let you know that I'm sleeping with the girl playing the guitar. So, um, I feel like I need to stay out of striking distance after I said that. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, she's my wife, to be clear. She is my wife. That's, not one of those kinds of churches. So, uh. Anyway, well, I am glad that you came to church. <laughs> For some reason, I'm the senior pastor here, and uh, it's probably only going to get worse. So, uh. If you got your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 11. I'll be honest with you, I'm just going to jump right into it because I feel like today's message has got a lot of meat in there, uh, and so I don't even know if I'll finish it today. I'll do the best that I can. Um, I want to read a scripture and, and then just kind of tell you about a story that happened a couple of weeks ago with just a, in, in just conversation with just me and my wife, um, Matthew chapter 11. I typically don't read from the message translation, but I am today. This is, a, this is another miracle. I'm actually quoting the message translation. So uh, verse, let's start here in verse 25. It says, abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have concealed your ways from the sophisticates and the know-it-alls, but you spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now more tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say, this is a unique father-son operation coming out of the father and the son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. And so he's describing this this incredible interaction between him and the Father, the Son, the Father, the Father, and the Son, how they work together, the intimate relationship that they have, uh, and how they communicate. And it says, but I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone who is willing to listen. So the next few verses are, it's, it's Jesus, and I'm going to read it in the message, but I'm going to go ahead and read it in the New Living Translation as well so you'll see uh, some of the parallels, uh, maybe a bit more of an accurate translation in some way. But uh, he's fixing to reveal, line upon line, what he's inviting us into, which is this father-son, son-father, no one knowing the father like the son, no one knowing the son like the father, this intimate relationship, this intimate knowledge, how the father reveals things to the son and how the sons work with the father. This is something he's inviting every single one of us, uh, a relationship he's inviting, in, inviting every one of us into. So here's what he says. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Now, I want you to notice how many times he says, with me, with me. He says, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. And then this is a, actually a phrase that's changed my life ever since I heard it for the first time uh, years ago. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company, how? With me, 
and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I'll read the last bit in the New Living right quick. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and, heavy, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart. And right here, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Um, I titled the message today, Walk with Jesus. I could have easily probably titled it, uh, Finding Rest for Your Souls. But the, 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 answer, the question I want to answer is very simple, very simple. How do you walk with Jesus? How do you walk with Jesus? Walking with Jesus actually has nothing to do with loving him or him loving you. I know a lot of people who have had an exchange, the great exchange, if you will, of, of the love of the Father being shed abroad in their heart, them giving their lives to him in, in terms of submitting to him as their Lord and Savior. <clears throat> but those, those people don't always continue to walk with him. Can we agree to that? It's, you, it is possible to be saved and be stagnant. <laughs> it is possible to be stay, saved and to be stationary. That is very, very possible. And so the, the, the thing I want to talk to you today about is how do you continue to walk with him? How do you walk with him? And equally so, how do you actually find rest for your souls? I, th- to be 100% transparent, this was actually something I was... I was personally going through a couple of weeks ago, I was feeling an immense amount of pressure in my soul. I was feeling this, this pressure to do some things and do more and, uh, in, in several different areas, and I was just processing this with my wife on, on the couch. And all of a sudden, I really felt like the Lord spoke to me. And, and when I say He spoke to me, I just had this, this super clear vision as to something that the Lord was first saying to me, and then He revealed several other things that I'm going to share with you today. But what, what, in, this, in this vision that I saw, all of a sudden, I, I felt like I saw what it was like to be, to, for, to be in him and him in you. And, what was, and, and I don't have a, a good example. I thought about like using a prop, and I don't know how to use props, so I just didn't. And, but what I saw, and just help me, help me with this, it's like I saw him and me. He was the exact same shape of my physical body. And so all of a sudden, I just came into him where every part of our being, we were attached. It's like we were attached at the hip, the front. So it's like I was hidden in him, he was hidden in me. There was no separation between the two of us. How many of you guys understand this? We were called to live our lives in him, hidden in him. This is how we're called to walk. So all of a sudden, I got this image of of me kind of getting in him, him getting in me. And then all of a sudden, he began to reveal to me that there's this Almost like a, the way I saw it at first was like rubber bands attached to my, my, waist, my waist area. But then it was, it was like the rubber bands really weren't attached to my waist. These rubber bands were actually attached to my soul. And what happened is, is every time I got in front of him, I would feel that stretching. Every time I got in front of him, there was this stretch, and it produced tension in my soul. And, and, and that's what I was, at that moment in time, that's what the Lord was talking to me about, about feeling this pressure to, to do something, quote unquote, spiritual activity as a pastor. You know, I'm supposed to be always just praying in tongues and floating on clouds and all that kind of stuff. But, and I was feeling this pressure. And what the Lord was showing me is that you're, you're doing spiritual activity, but you're in front of me. And that's why you're feeling the pressure that you're feeling. If you were still with me, there would be no pressure. 
If, so it, it was showing me what it was like, and all of a sudden, the rest of this message, I mean, within a, you can ask Leanne, it's like I just started talking stuff I, I just didn't know in my head. I was just speaking by the Spirit, and I was processing this entire message, and I think I downloaded it in just a couple minutes. I was like, oh my gosh, the Lord's just showing me this whole thing. And, and I, I want to kind of unpack this, because what I believe the Lord is trying to show us today is He wants to demystify this idea of living in the presence of God, living with God, walking with God. Sometimes we can say those things and it's like, okay, that makes me feel good. I want to I live in the presence. I want to stay hidden in Christ. Can you tell me how? <laughs> Anybody else ever felt that way? It's like, sounds good. I don't know how. <laughs> and and, and that, in that moment in time, the Lord was showing me how personally for my own lives of how I was getting in front of him and feeling this pressure to do more for him that he wasn't asking me to do. And so I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead, so I'm, I'm getting further down in my notes. But I, I want us to, I'll, I'll read this because I want to make sure I say everything in my notes here. I want us to help us find rest for our souls. You, you don't understand how important it is to God that you do find rest in your souls. Beloved, uh, 3 John 2 says this, Beloved, I desire that in all things you prosper and you be in health even as your soul prospers. You need to know today, more than anything else, he wants you to prosper. More than anything else, he wants you to be in health. But he doesn't want either of those things to come at the expense of your soul not prospering. He wants us to prosper in our soul. You can prosper in your soul. You can find rest in your soul even when you're working. You can be working Notice what he said, work with me, walk with me and work with me, watch how I do it. So in other words, there is a way that you can continue to pursue God, walk with him, move, move forward in your purpose, actually be working, but not feel the anxiety in your soul, not feel the pressure in the soul, not feel the lack of rest in your soul. You can pursue your calling and still live in rest. You can work and still live in rest. Every single person in this room, in every season of their life, no matter if you're in a season of struggle, if you're in a season of trial, if you're in a season of pressure, if you're in a season of transition, no matter what season you're in, you can be in those seasons and still in rest. Rest in your souls. Um, the way the Lord showed this to me is there are four places, I want to talk about four places with him that we, we can be, four places that we can find ourselves in terms of walking with him, working with him. There's four places we can find ourselves. And the number one place we can find ourselves, and I'm just going to kind of breeze over this, is we can find ourselves right exactly where we're supposed to be. Right exactly where we're supposed to be. Where we're walking with him, we're not in front of him, we're not behind him, we're not to the left or the right of him. Here's what it says when we're in this place. We're not tired, we're not worn out, we're not burned out, we're not heavy, we're living free, we're living light. And if everyone in this room was, would be honest, we don't spend nearly as much time as we should in that place. If we were to describe our lives and describe the condition of our soul and how much time, I, I, how, how much of your time in your life did, did that describe you? You're not tired, you're not worn out, you're not burned out, you're not heavy, you're free, you're light, you're at rest, you're at peace. That does not describe nearly as much time in our lives as it should. But that's what we're called to. So the, the, the Bible's telling us there is a place where we can, there is a place in him that once we get in him, we are walking with him, this just describes our life. This describes it. Unfortunately, it's not the norm. Most of the time, we are tired. Most of the time, we are worn out. 
Most of the time, we are burned out in some ways. Most of the time, we do carry some bit of heaviness on us in some way, shape, or form. But I, you have to understand that this, this place actually does this place actually does exist. That's what we're trying to get to. So the first place you can find yourself is right where you're supposed to be. Not in front of him, not behind him, not left or right. Second place I want to talk to you about is what it's like when you're walking behind Jesus. What it's like when you're walking behind him. So imagine he's still moving forward, you're not. So all of a sudden you find yourself behind him and you're feeling pressure in your soul but it's because you're behind. You're, you're behind him. Here's, here are things that get us behind Jesus. Number one, guilt and shame. Number one, guilt and shame. You'll never walk with him if you're still living under the guilt and the shame and the condemnation of the law that says you could never do enough to deserve to be with him. You could never do enough to earn. You haven't, or you, let me put it this way, you haven't done enough to be with him. You haven't done enough to earn moving forward with him. He, he has accomplished the finished work. He's accomplished getting rid of your sin. He has accomplished making you righteous. You just don't believe it yet. So he's moving forward in life, and you're hanging back in guilt and shame. And the guilt and the shame of the life that you've, you, you've either led before or even the life that you're currently living, because there's still some sin or unresolved issues in your character, you're, you're not moving every single day. Like when we take communion, that's what I love about taking communion on a regular basis. You should be taking that cup. First of all, we take the bread. I'm always praying over like whether it's a symptom in our, my personal body, my family's, whatever. I'm, that's what I'm taking. That's the medicine. I'm, I'm eating that. But that blood needs to be reminding you, I deserve to be with him. I not because I've earned it, not because I've deserved it, because he said that. God made him who knew no sin to become sin, that I might be, be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that I'm doing wrong that's keeping me from being with Jesus if I just believe. So sometimes the thing that's keeping us behind Jesus, he's trying to take us somewhere into a new place. We're hanging back because we don't actually believe the most important words ever spoken on this planet. It is finished. It is finished. I just encourage you today, believe those words. It is finished. You don't have to be afraid to walk with Jesus. You don't have to feel guilty or ashamed for walking with Jesus. doesn't matter what your past looks like. It is finished. As a believer, we have that promise. The second thing that gets us walking behind Jesus is unforgiveness and hurt. Unforgiveness and hurt. Now, again, some of these, I'm going to take a, a page out of Cody's book. Some of these will be more of a charge, less of an encouragement. I wrote it down this way, and this sounds hard, but you've got to hear my heart here. It's not your fault at all when you get hurt. It is your fault if you stay hurt. It is not your fault when you get hurt. But it is your fault when you stay hurt. Sometimes we, we find ourselves in a situation in life where something clearly happens to us that had nothing to do with us. We'll have a hurt. We'll have a disappointment. Someone will do something. Some of you in this room, there were things done to you when you were younger that should have never been done. There were ways you were treated as a child by another adult that should have never happened. There are ways you have been treated by a husband 
or a wife or an ex-husband or an ex-wife. That should have never happened. And God had nothing to do with that. There are things that have happened in every single one of our lives. Every single one of our lives. I look back on my, even me, my, me and Leanne, our own life. We hadn't been married three weeks when her entire family died in a plane crash. We had nothing to do with that. That was an unbelievable tragedy, an unbelievable hurt that we had nothing to do with, but it happened to us. But I'm here to tell you, getting hurt has nothing to do with you, and it's not your fault. But staying hurt is your fault. I don't care how painful it is, how hard it is. You have a responsibility because you are called to move forward with Jesus. You have a call on your life to move forward with him, to walk with him. And if you're saying, you know what, I'm sorry, I just can't do it. I cannot forgive this person because of what they've done for me. What you're saying is I will never walk with him because he's not walking with my hurt. He left my hurt. He, he left my, all those things. He's leaving those things behind. I'm choosing to stay with the hurt. I'm choosing to stand unforgiveness. Jesus, you can walk forward if you want to. I'm staying right here. If that's the case, you'll always have this pressure in your soul because you chose not to move forward. Because you chose not to face the hard reality of what happened to you and forgive. Can I just get maybe one amen for that one? I know it doesn't feel good, but. <laughs> I want to move on because I know that's heavy, but I just don't know that I'm, I'm supposed to yet. Some, I, I, here's what I feel right now, actually. Some of you right now need to make the decision to let go and move forward. You know what the hurt is. You know what the unforgiveness is. And for some of you, it's making, now I'm not saying all of a sudden you're going to say, okay, I, I, for, I choose to forgive right now. And all of a sudden, you're never going to have a thought again. You're never going to have an emotion again. I'm not that stupid. But here's what you can say. <clears throat> when you forgive someone, what you're saying is, I'm choosing today to never bring that up again. I'm choosing to never make that an excuse again. It's not going to be easy. It doesn't mean you're not going to think about it. You're not going to have the same emotions. But you're saying, from this day forward, I will never hold that person accountable for what they did with my mouth. I will never use that as an excuse for why I am the way that I am. For me to use that excuse, for me to say I am the way that I am because of what they did, is taking no, no, to no account what Jesus did. It's saying what they did is more powerful in my life than what Jesus did. I do not care how egregious the hurt was. It does not, it pales in comparison to the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. It pales in comparison. And some of you might need to say that when that, when that feeling of how hard it was and how hurtful it was and how much you, they don't even deserve forgiveness. You need to literally say out of your mouth, I refuse to give that situation, that circumstance, and that hurt more power in my life than the blood of Jesus Christ. You got to move on. You feel this angst. You're, you do not have rest in your soul because Jesus is trying to move forward with your life and you're stuck back in hurt and disappointment. I want today to be the day that that's, that can never be said again. Uh, number three, w one, of the, one of the things that helps, that gets us walking behind Jesus instead of walking with Jesus is fear and lack of courage. Fear and lack of courage. 
I wrote these things down. Jesus wants to take us into new places. I'm sorry. Jesus wants to take us into places of new theology, but sometimes we're just scared. It is, it is extremely important as a Jesus follower that right now you make up your mind that you don't know everything. Here, let me help you out. Wives, turn to your husbands. Say, you don't know everything. Husbands, turn to your wives. Say, you don't know everything. Now, everybody look at your pastor. Say, you don't know everything. <laughs> we don't know everything. I do not care what you've been taught. I do not care how amazing your parents were. I do not care how much education your pastor that you used, the church you used to go to, or maybe you still do and you're just visiting, you're wondering why I don't have a degree in something. No one knows everything. The Bible says we all know in part. We all prophesy in part. What made us think? What made us think that as little bitty infinite human, little bitty finite human beings, that we could figure out an infinite God in just a few years. What made us think that? And here's what's crazy. We, we would even say, when certain issues come up, we go, well, now, I have some really strong beliefs where that's concerned. You ever heard someone say that? When something comes up, and I'm like, well, I have some really strong beliefs about that. So when people say that, I just want to start going, <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. That's cute how strong your beliefs are in that. You're, you're, you're cool. We should, there's, there's certain things that we, we say we have. Now, let's be honest. There are certain things we should have strong belief in. I'm not making a lot. I should have strong belief that I, I will never, ever, ever deserve heaven, but because of what Jesus did, I do. <laughs> I have access to heaven on earth because of what Jesus did. That it's okay to have a strong belief in that. But can I just be honest with you, that there, there are things in, in a realm that we know nothing about that God wants to take us into. He's, he's moving towards some things of the Spirit. He's moving further into what, it, what the kingdom of God really means. But we, out of fear and lack of courage, we're stuck back here in our old theology saying, I'm afraid, that, I'm afraid to take a step into something I've never heard of because of what I've been taught my whole life. So we are literally, a, we're back here in fear in our old theology, unwilling to in, in, even entertain the idea that somewhere, along the, that, or, or that somewhere along the line we have been taught something that just wasn't true. Trust me, I get it. I've been there. It, it's a hard thing to one day realize that maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 years of your life have been built on wrong theology. <laughs> but the, the greatest 5, 10, 15, 20 years of your life will begin once you admit I was wrong, I was taught wrong, and now I'm ready to walk in more truth than I've ever walked in before. And to, to go there, it's going to take courage. You're going to have to suppress some fears of the enemy saying, oh, oh, you're going to try that now. Oh, you think you can do what Cody did and have a word of knowledge? You, speaking in tongues? We're not one of the... Thank you. It, it's things like that. Laying hands on the sick. What? And sometimes that one gets even a little too much press. Because <laughs> that's a, that, only those that lay hands on the sick, they're the mature ones. What about the ones that have the life of Daniel that are called to go into a very ungodly world 
and be an example from the inside and the, the, the courage it takes and the faith it takes to actually keep your mouth shut for years while God's building your reputation so that someday very influential people will listen to you. That's a scary thing. Lord, I can't go into that arena. I can't, I can't do this. I can't. No, it, it, they're equally as important. But sometimes fear, God's moving forward. He says, here's where I've called you to. This is what I've called you to. And you're, just, you're stuck back in, in fear. God wants to take us into, new place, into places of new purpose. You have to understand that when it comes to the call of God on your life, please understand this. The call of God on your life, as weird as this sounds, it's always changing. Everything God does is in seasons. And I, I would be hard-pressed to believe that anyone in this room actually knows what the final call of, calling of God is on their life. Jesus didn't all the way know it till a few days before he got on the cross because the full weight of what he was called to do was causing blood to, to seep out of his pores. How come that didn't happen before? It's because up until the very last moment, he was still understanding the full weight of what God had called him to do. The rest of his life was in preparation. I, I propose to you that your entire life is preparation and not till the last, last few seconds of your life will you even know. Here's what that means. You'll have a season where you're called to do this and that, it, it'll be a part of your calling. It's not the finality of your calling. If you just say, you know what, this is what I'm called to do, what are you gonna do when you get there? Retire? No, you know, you, you know what you're called to do? So, okay, Lord, next. What's next? And I'll just tell you, every time you ask the Lord what's next, prepare to be scared. <laughs> because every time in your life, what's next, you cannot do on your own. What's next, you cannot do in your own power. What's next, more times than not, you actually will have zero natural skill to do it. <laughs> I love when people say, you want to know the call of God in your life? Let's look at what you're naturally good at. That's what God's calling you to. What Bible did you read? God comes to Moses and goes, Moses, I want you to be the spokesperson for all of the, the speaker, the mouthpiece for all of my people to Pharaoh. He picked the one guy that couldn't talk to talk. Now, I'm, I'm okay with you saying, hey, we're, there, we do have some natural skills and abilities that do help us. But to, to so shallowly assume that the only thing God's ever going to ask you to do is something you're already good at, then what do you need him for? And since when did he call us to do something without him? He will call you into some places that scare the crap out of you. And then here's the, here's the best thing. <laughs> He's going to say, hey, here's where I want us to go. Before you have time to even pray about it, he's moving. He's going. He's moving. And all of a sudden, if you don't just say, yes, we're going to figure it out on the way, there you are behind him again. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is advancing forcefully, and the violent take it by force. In other words, the kingdom is moving. If you're not moving, you're not in the kingdom. He's going to say, hey, let's go. Let's do this. Here's what the answer should be. I'm scared, but yes, sir. <laughs> but sometimes God's trying to call us into this new purpose and fear and lack of courage that to, to do this next thing, to step out, to start a small group, to start a life group, to start serving, to actually talk about Jesus in your workplace.
Lord was just talking to me about that on the front row a while ago. It's just like, and this may be a message for another time, but do you understand that the, that the, the great commission for everyone is to go preach the gospel? It's not the great commission for preachers. It's the great commission for everyone. And the fivefold office of ministry is called to equip everyone to do their ministry. Everyone's ministry starts with go preach the gospel. You know one of my number one responsibilities to you is? Give you the courage to talk about Jesus everywhere. And if we're all honest, some of us, that, that one's still hard. <laughs> that one's still hard. To go up to someone in the workplace that God's put on our heart and say, hey, just... This may come out of nowhere, but do you know Jesus? Well, I was trying to eat my lunch, but. <laughs> it takes courage. You're going to have to overcome some fear to walk with him. He's walking towards your calling. He's walking towards your purpose. He's walking towards your destiny. It's time we catch up. And not let fear keep us walking behind him. Apparently, I'm only going to get through one today or two, because the piano's starting, which we all know means i got to stop. <laughs> Let me go over one more, because this is the last one I had under walking behind Jesus. And just put your big, big boy and big girl britches on. This one's going to sting a little bit. Things that keep us walking behind Jesus is poor character. Poor character. There are places that God's called you to that when he says, hey, here's where we're going, it comes with another automatic disclaimer of, hey, if you don't work on this area in your life, this poor character, if you don't work on this gossip, you're never going to get there. If you don't work on this fact that you still tell lies almost every day of your life, you're not going to get there. If you don't work on this thing, I've called you to own a multi-million dollar company, but how can I call you to be, be faithful with a lot of money when you're still lying about your taxes when you have a little money? How can I expect you to handle people well? I had this one come up for me personally. Uh, they're, hard to believe this, but there are still people that don't like me on this planet. Um, and I felt the Lord say so clearly to me just well, a little bit ago. I, that they came up in my mind again. They were trying to steal my worship time. And all of a sudden, I had a thought, and I felt the Lord say, are you blessing those that curse you? And I'm like, please don't talk to me right now about this. It's not the time for this. But just think about that. If you feel called to influence people, maybe hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands of people, Maybe God's called you to influence the world. My question to you is, are you influencing your family? Have you passed the test? Or, or, or do you still have poor character issues that are showing up in your family? Maybe you still have a hot head in your family. And your wife can say one word, and all of a sudden you're flying off the handle saying God knows what. You're not developing your character in your family. God's not going to put you before hundreds of thousands of people. The Bible says a wise man conceals a matter. God wants you to walk in wisdom and he's called you to, to have influence in, in, in large areas. If you can't even keep a secret about some of your best friends because it feels so good to know something that no one else knows, so you love talking about it. 
What are those unresolved issues? Sometimes you have a big calling and small character and you live in frustration because something in you knows that the calling is big and you're not connecting the two. You're like, why is this not happening? Why hasn't God done this? Why hasn't God given me a business? Why why hasn't? And the whole time it's like, are you working on your character? Are you working on the little things? Lynn and I were talking about this the other day. I think it was one of the impactful things I've ever heard any preacher say, and Leanne said it. She talked about it's the thousand tiny little decisions that you make every day that get you ready for where God's called you. What's the small? Had it happen again? You probably heard me talk about this. I was leaving a, an, an office complex the other day, and the, the, it was cold, it was windy. I just actually was at the doctor, and I was feeling like I needed a sucker. You know how they give the kids a sucker? Well, I felt like I needed a sucker. So I got me a sucker, and I was crunching it. And as I was... As, as I was running out of the doctor's office, it's cold, it's windy, and I'm trying to run to my truck, and there was a trash can, and it was pretty full, and there was some, some stuff on the top, one of the things which was a cup. And I'm running, and so I'm just going to throw the little sucker stick in the trash can and keep on running. Well, I, I throw it, and I didn't, hunt, I tried to tell myself I didn't actually see what really happened, but I know what happened. I, I threw that little sucker stick, and it hit a cup and bounced out onto the ground. And it's amazing how you would try to lie to yourself. And you know you're lying. Like I, all these covers, I'm like trying to jog, get to my truck because I'm freezing. I'm like, no, it didn't hit the cup. And I'm like, you're literally talking to yourself. Like, and all these little nagging things start happening on the inside of me where it's like, I, it's, it's, that, it's that little tiny decision that only I will know that I made. Only I will know if I will walk in integrity over the smallest little thing. Only I will know that. I made it about 20 yards. And I was like, dang it. So I ran back. And these people, it was funny, is there's this lady in her truck. She was watching me. And I, and I could see her like, what are you doing? I'm preparing for my future, lady. <laughs> and there's times I've passed that test. There's times I've failed that test. But you got to ask yourself the question, are you working on the character that it will require to keep you in the calling that God has for you? Are you actually working on that? It seems so wild that one would have to say this. Learn to tell the truth. Just learn to tell the truth. It's never okay to lie. I don't care how much money that one little lie that's going to, quote, unquote, affect no one. I don't care how much money that's going to make you. It's not the answer. It's not worth it. Some of you have little lies. I've been watching this happen lately. Little lies, little lies, little lies, little lies. And all of a sudden, because you keep moving the the line of your own integrity, one day you look up and you're in the middle of something that you did not intend to be in the middle of. You're in the middle of a lie. You said, I may make this, I may do this, and I may do this, and I may do this, but I will never do this. Yes, you will if you don't start back here with the little ones. Because a thousand tiny little steps towards here is equal to one giant step. No one ever says, I'm going to go from here all the way over into this. Yeah, you're right, you won't do that. But you might make a little one, and a little one, and a little one. And then one day you found yourself making that last little one that finds you in a place that's destroying your life, destroying your family, destroying your business, destroying your marriage, destroying your calling, destroying so, so much. Some of us are just walking behind. He's calling us to a life of 
higher character where we're making the thousand tiny little decisions that we need to make. And it's pulling on your soul. There's no rest in your soul because the character has not been developed. The calling is big, the character is small, and it's creating pressure. I'll close with this scripture, Philippians 3. This, this is what we're called to do. Philippians 3.13 says this, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. This is Paul talking to a church. He said, no, I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach. I love that. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God called through Christ Jesus is calling us. Can I just say, some of you that have been walking behind Jesus in some of these areas, you've been walking behind him in guilt and shame, walking behind him in unforgiveness and hurt, walking behind him in fear and and lack of courage, walking behind him in poor character. It's time to press forward and get right back up in step with him so that you can find the rest for your soul that you've been looking for. I'm not saying it's easy. Paul said this. I'm not saying I'm there yet, but I am pushing forward. Any area where I'm behind, I'm pushing forward. I've got to get where God's called me to get. I have to fulfill the call of God on my life. I have to enjoy everything that Jesus paid for me to get to enjoy on this planet. I will press forward. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.